The reading is from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The whole armour of God. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. In many senses, today's message is one that is not only a challenge for the individual Christian, but also God's church. The Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians was written whilst he was in prison in Rome and thought to have been written around 60 AD. The letter initially was written as an encouragement to not only strengthen the church in Ephesus, but it was written also to explain the purpose of the church. However, in the final section of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, it is to remind every believer or every believing Christian that both individually and the church body that it is in a constant battle against the forces of darkness. The message instructs every believer and the church that we should use every piece of armour to thwart the wiles and the schemes of the devil. Last time I spoke, I mentioned that we are living in extraordinary times, unprecedented times. And it is evident that Satan is at work causing disruption throughout the world. 
Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of Britain's greatest theologians and former minister at Westminster Chapel, mentions in one of his many books entitled The Christian Warfare, which is what today's title is, that people over the last 50 to 60 years have largely ceased to believe in the supernatural realms, along with the powers and the principalities that rage against humankind, the powers and principalities that rage against the Christian and God's church. Lloyd-Jones believes that this is due to the advances of modern sciences and its various branches, and that man has become the master of his own fate and the determiner of all things. Lloyd-Jones continues saying that even within the church today and those who believe in the supernatural, there is evidence of forgetfulness to the Apostle Paul's teaching from Ephesians 6. My aim this morning, therefore, is to remind that each of us that we are in the midst of a spiritual battleground. I want to remind each of us that Satan's intentions over the century has been to defeat the individual, Christian, and to defeat God's church. And today, Satan wants to defeat you and I. However, the Christian and God's church have the spiritual armour to stand firm against the wiles and the schemes of the devil. The aim of the message is also to refresh each of us how Satan attacks and how we stand firm against such a foe. There is evidence from scripture that good and evil existed before the fall of humankind. And in Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17, it says, the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may eat the fruit from every tree in the garden, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Otherwise, from that day you eat of it, you will die. So though good and evil existed, God's plan for humankind was that it would never experience turmoil or itself, or indeed a life embittered by sin. The fall seen in Genesis chapter 3 ensured that humankind would continually toil and suffer in its endeavours. Humankind would be subjected to violence, disharmony, disruption and physical and emotional pain. The fall of humankind was not just a global catastrophe. It was a cosmic catastrophe shaking even the heavenly realms. I wonder, have you ever sat back and thought what God must have felt when he went looking for Adam and Eve on that fateful day in the garden when the forbidden fruit had been eaten? Did the Lord God look back with tears in his eyes and sigh with a heavy heart? Did he look at Adam and Eve with a broken heart, realising that he just lost his two best friends. I think he did. But what we do know is that God knew that the world had just fallen on its axis 
and it would never be the same again. Thankfully, God is always several steps ahead of Satan. And as we look and we study scripture, we see the Lord set up covenants with his people. From Noah to Abraham, from Moses to Joshua, from Israel's judges, and then to David and the prophets, God remains in control. And the coming of Christ Jesus will set up a new covenant through the shedding of his blood on Calvary's cross, a redemptive covenant that will seal Satan's fate. However, as Christians, whether you're aware or unaware, we fight against the powers and the principalities that want to continually knock us off our course in our Christian walk. It is not about seeing Satan at every turn and event in our life. It's about knowing when and how he attacks and then how we thwart those attacks individually and as God's church. In my own life, I can pinpoint reasonably accurately the times that Satan has attacked me. And most of those attacks have come when I've been walking closely with the Lord. Satan does not want you and I to succeed in our Christian walk. And he wants to see God's church collapse. Eighteen years ago, I embarked on a two-year theological course, followed by a year's selection with the Church of Scotland's ministry program. I was walking closely with the Lord. My eyes set firmly on him, and I was determined that nothing would derail me. I won't tell you how I fell from grace, but if you ask me, I have no problem in telling you. However, the result was that I took my eyes off the Lord, and I fell severely. And it was only Jesus' love, mercy, and grace to me that I turned a defeat into a victory. And it was God's victory. Sometimes messages from the pulpit are not always easy to deliver. And I said to Florin recently that today's message is as much for the messenger as it is for the listener. And I believe the Lord is saying to his church today, and using this verse from Ephesians 5.14, Wake up, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The verse is saying, wake yourself up from the slumber that you are in. Look at your spiritual sleepiness and allow Christ to work in you. And in context with today's message, if you're in sleep, if you're in slumber, gird on the armour of God and prepare yourself for battle. So let's look at how Satan comes to deceive us. Firstly, I want to tell you that Satan hates the Lord. He hates his redemptive work on Calvary's cross. And Satan hates humanity. And he hates you and I. And his hatred towards us knows no boundaries. And he knows each of us better than we know ourselves. Satan knows our Achilles heel. In other words, Satan knows our specific areas of weakness in our lives and how to attack those weaknesses. And I can bear witness 
that I have one area of weakness in my life that has been a constant battle from my teenage years and even today. And if my armour is not on, if my armour is loosely fitted, Satan will play havoc with my life. It is good practice, therefore, no matter how long we have been Christians, to understand the scheming ways of Satan and how to protect ourselves in the areas of weakness that causes us to sin. David's encounter with the great giant Goliath is instructive because Goliath is an Old Testament picture of who Satan is and how he operates. The first thing to remind ourselves about Satan is that he is a liar. This is his very nature. He cannot but lie. Jesus pointed this out to the unbelieving Jews in John 8, verse 8. Jesus says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding on to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And Jesus goes on to say that he is the father of all lies. Satan, therefore, is a habitual liar, and his way of deceiving us is to come alongside us and make suggestions so demoralizing that we give up all hope of defeating him. This was Goliath's tactic as David approached him. Goliath roared, come here and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Our minds can become so defeated by Satan's roar that we are terrified of stepping out in faith and living the life that God wants us to. Theologians estimated that Goliath was around nine foot six tall. So Satan presents himself to us as an enemy too big and strong to encounter. As David moved forward to challenge Goliath, he knew that he could not retreat because if he retreated, it would lead to humiliation and defeat. David understood that he needed to move forward with God. In the Christian walk of faith, we must continue to walk forward in our faith, no, no matter how difficult the trial is. Faith is sometimes like stepping out into the unknown with God, despite any big obstacle standing in our way. And this is what David did. Satan's tactic is always to engender fear and anxiety so we can't move forward. I pondered whether David felt fear as he approached the great giant. I don't believe he did. David, as he moved forward in God's power, David realised that Goliath had insulted God and Israel, God's people. And David knew Goliath was a defeated foe. And while Satan is a formidable foe, he is a defeated foe. Satan's problem is that he just doesn't realise that. We must believe, like David and see, that Satan is a defeated foe. In 1 Samuel 17.10, we see Goliath still roaring at Israel's army. This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let's fight. Goliath's tactic 
was to cause terror in Israel's ranks. Satan often does this within the church, especially amongst church leadership. And in many of the epistles, the apostles warn against division in the church. This may be especially true when a church is moving forward with God. So, as a church, let's be on our guard, upholding our church leadership in much prayer and support, and let's not allow division to thwart God's plans for the church. I believe we all have periods in our lives when we walk and our walk with Jesus falters and we have all succumbed to the devil's schemes and plans. And while Satan may roar at us, he is also the master whisperer. He whispers that we are too weak to resist temptation, that our sins are too serious to be forgiven, that our feeble attempts at repentance are a worthless exercise. Satan is the master at bluffing our minds so that our minds could become a minefield of clutter and defeat. But the truth is that if we are in Christ Jesus, we are not defeated. In moving on, Satan is always delighted when we don't take our Christian walk seriously. We are not a threat to him, and he does not see us as a or he sees us as a defeated foe. However, when you begin to take your walk with Jesus seriously, when we move forward with God, Satan's attention is suddenly aroused, and he begins to weigh us up. And this is what happened to David as he moved forward to confront Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, 41 to 42, it says, Meanwhile, the Philistine and his sword-bearer in front of him moved forward, to David. He looked David over and saw he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Before I tell you how to put on the armour of God, I would like to share with you some of the issues I believe that the church is facing today. As I've just said, Goliath, when he encountered David, he saw that he was ruddy and handsome, a mere youth. Satan, similarly, wants the best from our young people today. There was a time in Britain when the best minds aspired not in the field of the sciences, literature and law. It was theology. Sadly today, Satan's efforts to thwart God's church, there is evidence of people entering the ministry who should not be in ministry. The Holy Scriptures... The word of God has been diluted and scripture used with false doctrines. Satan's tactics has always been to confuse God's greatest gift to mankind, which is the mind. And Satan is confusing with great ease the minds of today's young generation. Money, sex, power have always been Satan's tactics in bringing down the Christian. And many a good Christian person has succumbed to those tactics, but they're not new tactics. Before I say this next part, I say this with much respect and much love 
but I'm going to say it anyway. Please feel free to speak to me afterwards. But I believe today's young generation is being confused with identity issues, gender issues to name but two. And I offer as my opinion that in certain quarters of the church, it is failing to bring the truth of God through scripture on such issues. Young people today are also facing a continued future of a decline to the, uh, the church in the UK. Our children and our youth, therefore, need to be supported with much prayer, support, good teaching, and committed love. Our children and our youth are our Christian inheritance and the church's future. So how do we stand against the wiles of the devil and his schemes, and how do we put on the full armour of God? Firstly, I believe that we must get into the practice of renewing our minds on a daily basis. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our refusal to conform to the world's uh, values goes deeper than just changing our behaviours to the world's customs. The word of God must be firmly planted in our minds and be, formed, uh, be transformed to God's ways. To allow our minds to be renewed, we must allow the Holy Spirit to renew, re-educate and redirect our minds on a daily basis. So there's the wee soldier up there, and let's look at the belt of truth. A soldier is only ready for battle when he is girded with his belt in place. Truth is the belt that holds the believer's account with God, and truth for daily living is only found in God's holy word. God's truths in his word protects us from the fleshly desires of this world. It protects us from Satan's lies. And God's word reminds us of our identity in Christ. How we start our day with the Lord, I believe is vital to our Christian walk. And I also believe that we should try and start a day with prayer and scripture. We then move on to the breastplate of righteousness. A soldier's breastplate protects the vital organs. The breastplate protects the soldier from unexpected attacks from the enemy. As believers, we have no righteousness apart from that which comes through our faith in Jesus. Therefore, we rely on the Holy Spirit daily to live holy lives before the Lord. Believing and following God's word is vital in keeping our hearts right with God. We must therefore identify the righteous activities in our lives to continue to strengthen us, but we must also identify our unrighteous behaviour in our life, the areas in our life which cause us to sin. We now move on to the gospel of peace, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Soldiers require good footwear to prepare for long, arduous marches. Bad footwear does not prepare us for either long batters or in the heat of a battle. To prepare for a long battle, 
our foundations in the gospel must be rooted in the gospel message. We must be constantly remind ourselves of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It is important to share our faith with others, telling them of the hope of eternal life. And our witness and our daily walk as Christians should display the fruits of the Spirit. I'm working on patience. Coming on to the shield of faith. Modern day soldiers no longer have a shield for protection, but the shield for the Roman soldier was his primary piece of armor. Having a strong faith in Jesus, believing and trusting in God's awesome power is imperative in standing steadfast in our faith. Jesus is the same today as yesterday. He still heals and he still delivers us from all evil. Faith is a shield that protects us from the fiery darts that Satan aims at us. We share our faith together. We uphold each other together. Continuous fellowship with each other keeps our faith strong. We then move to the helmet of salvation. The soldier's head is the most vulnerable part of the body. And if the helmet is not worn correctly, it can have fatal consequences for a soldier. Without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and continuous filling of the Spirit, all other pieces of God's armour is rendered useless. Our salvation empowers the believer to fight and it protects our weaknesses. We must learn to stand firm about the conviction of our salvation. Doubts will always come. That's the tactic of the Satan. But if we confess Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, if we believe he died for us and his blood shed at Calvary's cross, paid for the atonement of our sins, then we are saved. And finally, the sword of the Spirit. Every piece of armour mentioned so far is defensive. But the sword of the Spirit is offensive. And the word of God, the sword of the Spirit, in the hands of a skilled warrior of God, a battle can be won. Jesus uses scripture to defeat Satan and those who opposed him. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, it says, For the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word is life-changing. God's word reveals who we are and who we are not. God's word penetrates the core of our moral and spiritual life. It discerns what is good in us and what is not so good. We must let God's word shape our lives in such a way that when Satan comes against us, he will have to rethink his strategies. Let our spiritual armour be rooted in the Lord Jesus. Finally, there are three things that Satan hates. Three simple tactics to keep our minds healthy. Firstly, Satan hates Christian worship. So if your mind begins to clutter with unhealthy thoughts, praise and worship the Lord. Secondly, Satan hates seeing the Christian in prayer. James 5.16 says, The heartfelt and persistent prayers of the righteous man can accomplish much when put into action. 
and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. And thirdly, Satan hates the mention of Jesus' blood, his redemptive blood shared at Calvary's cross for each of us. So next time Satan comes at you, remind him that he is a liar, a thief, and a murderer, and that Jesus shed his blood for you, and that you are a child of God. There is no armour that covers the soldier's back. The Apostle Paul commanded us to stand firm. Today, put on your armour and move forward with God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Yeah, Father God, we thank you that uh, you have given us the armour to stand against Satan. Thank you for your redemptive blood shed for each of us at Calvary's cross. Teach us to live lives that honour you and give us the strength to walk forward in your power. I pray for each of my brothers and sisters here today and I ask for blessings for them this week and that, you're, that they will have just assurances that you, know, that you walk with them in all the challenges and the things at life that can cause grief. But we know, Father God, that you are the King of kings and Lord, Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>